Welcome to a special parent series, an offshoot of the Success is Subjective podcast, still brought to you by the collegealternative.org website, presented by Lilly Consulting, and I'm still your host, Joanna Lilly. As with the evolution of any podcast, I was hearing from more and more parents about how they wish that they could share their story, how they'd wish that they'd known others were going through similar experiences, how they'd wish they'd known it was okay for their child to get help earlier, or how they'd wish they'd even known that therapeutic consultants existed. That's how this special series came to be. Each month, I'll be releasing anonymous parent interviews as they briefly share their emotions, talk through their biggest fears, and impart a piece of advice for other parents out there that may have a struggling adolescent or young adult. This special series feels liberating and instills hope. Without even broaching the topic of success, we are inherently talking about the shifts in what success looks like through the eyes of a parent whose child is struggling with their mental health or substance use. It almost doesn't need to be said, but of course I'm going to say it anyways. Success for each of these parents and their child is subjective. This next interview is of a parent from Greenville, South Carolina, whose son was at an SEC institution in a fraternity and towing the line with addiction. Their treatment journey included one residential treatment program, one wilderness therapy program, and two extended care recovery programs over the span of one year and nine months. What you'll hear in this interview is the roller coaster of emotions felt and a list of supported resources utilized, as well as some very solid advice for parents of other young adults. We hope you'll find this anonymous interview to be real and to be helpful. All right. Thank you for being on the podcast. Thank you for having me. All right. So we're just going to jump in. Uh, We kind of talked about this before. I've got four specific questions that I'm hoping that you'll feel comfortable answering. So the first question right out of the gate, if you could describe the feelings that you felt when your child was struggling or made a decision that kind of surprised you, talk about that. Yes. Okay. So, so many emotions. Um, It's overwhelming. Uh, We went through stages and if I could, I can share maybe the order of sort of what I went through or my husband and I went through. I would say um, the first was anger, Um, anger that he was making such poor choices, Um, feelings like, hey, we didn't raise you this way, Um, anger about being deceived and lied to for so long. Um, Another one is we felt shattered, like our life just completely fell apart. Um, The world that we knew it had suddenly changed and we were faced with a huge problem with so many complexities. And then I would say sorrow, um, just feeling so much sadness for our son and what he was going through followed by love and compassion for him. So once we realized the enormity of the problem, we realized how much he was truly struggling and we had more compassion at that point. But then we also had fear, fear for the future. Um, Would he be able to break free from this? Um, We had no idea what the future held. And then I would say another big one that a lot of people probably don't realize what happens to you is grief. It's not until the reality of what has happened sets in, and this is really more when he was 
by the time he was in treatment and he was well into treatment, but it really is a grief process because you realize the enormous consequences of addiction. I don't feel this way now, but at the time, um, I felt like we were grieving the loss of the dream we had for him. Our son was no longer in college. Instead of being on track to graduate with his peers, he was in treatment. And you also grieve the loss of the relationship and the loss of trust, the loss of what you thought your family was. Um, so it's a lot to process. And then finally, I would say isolation, because we felt like we really couldn't talk to many people about this other than those who were in this same situation. Um, so even though our close friends and family did all they could, they really didn't get it. And it's like you're going through this grief, but without the support of your community, because it's not something you want to tell everyone. That's a lot. And you kind of hit on it, too, talking a little bit about fear as one of the emotions that you also were kind of experiencing or some of the thought patterns. So in addition to just being fearful of your son's future, was there anything else that you were fearing uh, during that time? So my biggest fear during this time was that we had lost our son. Um, I feared that we had, at, at best, I feared that we had lost the person we once knew to addiction and that he might not recover from this. And then at worst, I truly feared that he would lose his life. That's beyond scary to have to own. Yes. So then during that time, who did you as a parent lean on for support during this kind of rocky time? Yes. So... First and foremost, we leaned on our faith. Um, and then second, we found you, Joanna, and <laughs> leaned on you, on, leaned on your expertise anytime we had questions about the process. Um, third, we reached out to a local organization called Hope for Families, who specialize in helping family systems affected by addiction. And my husband and I met with a therapist um, quite often, a couple of times, maybe three times a month to help us process things. Um, we also attended a few uh, group support meetings um, where we met other parents dealing with similar issues. In addition, uh, the treatment center that our son was attending did have a weekly phone call so we could jump on that and get support from other parents whose sons were in the same program. So that was very helpful as well. And um, fourth, we consumed as much in information as we could, whether it was just looking online for blogs or any kind of help, and then reading books um, were also really helpful. There's a lot out there. So that was it's good to hear that you are really just accessing all of the resources that you possibly could at your fingertips. Mm -hmm. Yes. So we're going to round this out with if you could give any advice to a parent that's kind of going through a similar experience right now, what advice would you give? Okay, I have several things to share. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> Understand that this is not a quick fix. It takes a lot of time and patience for your young adult to develop new patterns of behavior, and there will be highs and lows throughout the process. Um, also, find a professional with experience in this field and follow their advice. And I can't emphasize that enough. Follow their advice, especially when it comes to enabling. Your young person needs space to grow and change. And they can't do that if, for lack of better words, they can't do that if the parents are in the way. 
So um, it will be tempting to want to make things better because it's just so intuitive as mom or as a dad to just want to make them feel better. And it's hard to see your child unhappy and struggling, but it's important to let the treatment team do their work and give them the time and space to figure things out. And over time, the beauty of that is, over time they will develop a sense of pride, which is huge in their recovery. And then I would also say, take care of yourself, work on yourself, work on your marriage. Substance abuse by a family member brings to the surface issues that have been buried for a long time. And it's a great opportunity to resolve those issues and bring healing to your family so you can have the marriage and be the parents your son or daughter needs for their long-term recovery. So much good advice wrapped up. I would say almost wrapped up with a little bow. That was perfect. (laughs) (laughs) Of course, it's so much easier on the other end of that continuum to rattle that off. Oh, yes. (laughs) Yes. Trust me. No, it it has not been linear. It has definitely been um, a lot of highs and lows, ups and downs. But but another thing is is just to never lose hope. Um, Just hold on to that hope. And, um, you know, there's a lot to be learned from this. And so I would just encourage parents to to uh, take advantage of those opportunities. Well, thank you for being willing to share a snapshot of your experience, especially around feelings and advice, because there is a lot of vulnerability. And to your point earlier, you know, it feels like you're alone. So thank you for being willing to share your your story with uh, our listeners. Thank you. Thank you for the opportunity, Joanna. I appreciate it. That's it for this week's Success is Subjective episode. I want to thank the parents for joining me on this week and for being willing to share their journey. It's raw, vulnerable, and takes some serious courage to be willing to put their voice out there into the podcast universe. Stay tuned for the next episode in this special parent series where you can bet it'll be another family sharing their personal story of adversity, acceptance, and peace. You might have noticed that there's no contact information in the show notes for this special parent series, but if you're interested in getting connected to the parent on a particular podcast episode, please email me, Joanna, J-O-A-N-N-A, at successissubjective.org. If you are a parent who's interested in being a guest on the podcast, also email me at joanna at successissubjective.org. I will be remiss if I didn't tell you to check out the collegealternative.org and lilyconsulting.com websites for additional resources outside of podcasting. If you're listening to this show on Apple Podcasts, please do me a favor and subscribe. And while you're at it, feel free to leave a review. You can also download to listen to the Success is Subjective podcast on any other popular podcast apps such as Amazon, Audible, Google, iHeartRadio, Spotify, Stitcher, and TuneIn Radio. And last but not least... Success is Subjective is listener-supported, made possible by me and you. You can show support for the continuation of this podcast by donating on the successissubjective.org website. Thank you for tuning in, and remember, there is no single path through life. Success is what you make it. Do you have a teenager or young adult who seems to have lost their way? Maybe they need help navigating adolescence, adulthood, and decisions surrounding higher education. 
or maybe they have become withdrawn. Their grades are slipping or they are flat out living a reckless lifestyle and you're concerned about their health and well-being. If this describes what your teen or young adult is facing, a therapeutic consultant may be able to help. Mental health, addiction recovery, and higher education can all be equally expensive. While information is everywhere, how do you know what option is the best one for your family? Some parents have the time to research and navigate this on their own. Some don't. If the latter applies to you, enter Therapeutic Consultants. Therapeutic consultants, like Joanna, listen to your family's specific needs and advocate on behalf of your loved one. TCs will research therapeutic resources, recommend treatment programs, and assist during adulthood transitions. Not being affiliated with any program, their support is completely objective and catered toward the best interest of each unique family. To find a qualified therapeutic consultant to work with, check out TCA, also known as the Therapeutic Consulting Association. Their website is therapeuticconsulting.org, all one word. Again, that's therapeuticconsulting.org. Then click the Find a Pro tab up at the top.